Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Podcast here on Rockets keeping you informed and getting My name is Joseph Way, host for the next uh, uh, this is episode seven of the Connection Podcast on edition. I'm joined in studio by Pierre Turgeon to my time Ms. Stevens. Uh, how's the week been? I'm doing I'm doing well. Uh it's uh yeah, making it through the week. Um and uh, and as we all we're all uh, as we should be pulling together and uh, and we'll get through this. Just just stay at home, stay at home. Um, and would you call Tom Gilbert a stay at home defenseman? No, maybe not. Maybe not. He he was yeah. uh, pretty mobile. <laughs> he was uh, not all that offensive, but um, um, he was uh, you know for that uh, season or two that he was. Um, uh, with the Canadians, he was brought in as we remember uh, the Canadians traded Josh Georges to the Sabres, and he was kind of uh, uh, sort of uh, Josh George's replacement. And and did that happen? Did it work out? Well, uh, I don't know. Um, Pierre Turgeon. Uh, well, when you talk about offense, that was Pierre Turgeon, and and just a massive. You know, Kirk Muller. We've we uh, will probably be talking about him in the in the second segment, but, uh, just, Oh, there's, there's Kirk on the phone right now. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Turgeon came over in that massive trade that, uh, that sent Kirk Muller and, and Matthew Schneider and Craig Darby to the Islanders and, and, uh, and then a massive trade going out that Reggie Ewell, uh, um, put together sending, uh, Turgeon to the blues, uh, Shane Corson coming back. Um, these are the kinds of things that we've been uh, talking about. And, and as people are reviewing old games and, and um, you know, some, some of uh, the Canadians best games, um, that's the kinds of conversations I've been having with, with Habs fans is about um, great teams of the past and, and, uh, and watching some of those real classic uh, Canadians NHL games. Yeah. That's what most sports fans do time is just kind of any sort of escapism that usually that comes in the form that have happened long or trades or stories and uh, often serve as a nice in, in this uh, Rick we have a and though to talk about there there's going on and they signings this week. They signed Gustav a two-way contract. They signed Jesse Yolonen two-level contract. And, you know, um, even we don't really know what the next, the Montreal Canadiens just like last week a little bit of a distraction of, of, of these contracts. 
Um, well, Gustav Olsen, he's, uh, he was the first one. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think um, maybe not a name that, that Canadians know all that well. Um, what, what I think is it was just um, for uh, Gustav Olsen, he was traded for Will Bitten, we remember. And, and then we didn't see him for a while. We didn't see him for, because uh, he, he had injuries and he had a, a shoulder uh, condition when he was traded to, to the Canadians. So in the off season had sh- shoulder surgery and, uh, and I guess one of the, one of the uh, best things about his, his season uh, is that he played, he played um, every game for the Laval rocket, 57 games, um, a goal, 15 assists for 16 points, uh, and even had a call up um, with the Canadians. Um, uh, three game call up um, kind of looked like a fish out of water at that point. Um, but I think that was early on in the season when he was just kind of um, uh, getting used to being back again and and working. He had a slow start even in Lavelle, and he was he was working through his game. Um, so, uh, a, a bit of an up and down season started slow. He got, he got stronger as the season went on. Yeah, and, and we have some clips of Gustav Olsen and this one we'll play is him talking about his season. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. I, I was, I had my surgery, everything, everything like that. I mean, at the start of the year, maybe it was a little bit of, of a hesitancy in my play and, you're a little bit worried, obviously, from from injuries before, but towards the end of the year, there wasn't a, wasn't a thought in my mind about my my shoulders or anything like that. So um, it definitely went away, which is a good thing. And then uh, you know, it's something that's a good feeling going into the summer and also into next season. And I, I think that's an important comment right there is that when you have an injury, when you the first hurdle you get over, playing again after the as you said, it's he was out on the play. I think that that is a for him. Uh, looked when he got out there playing in, is is a positive thing. Um, I I think um, you know he he described it pretty well. His his uh, hesitancy. He was a bit gun shy to begin with um, on the ice because you're you're thinking about being injured you're thinking about protecting yourself you're not playing with with that uh confidence and and uh and you know the 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 fierceness that that you would normally do um so uh, i i i think he described that pretty well and uh the next is talking about what he's doing during this lockdown period that um, we got uh, we got some roommates here, okay. uh, some family members, and then uh, just we have two dogs in the house. So we're uh, we got a hot tub in the back, and we're just laying low. Though it's uh, it's a couple hot times a day, and then uh, a lot of TV shows. But uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a change. I'm sure it is for everybody. Nobody's really used to having uh, this much time. But uh, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. We're we're getting through it pretty well. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's also a very interesting comment uh, during this time. Well, it's just yeah. What what do you do? What are players doing? What 
how are you uh, filling your time? You know, the, the both seasons, the AHL and the, the NHL are in pauses. You're expected to uh, maintain your, your fitness level because you're going to get called back at some point. You can't be on the ice. Uh, you can't be training with, with teammates. So how are you filling your time? And um, I, I, I thought that was uh, interesting on his part. And, and um, coming up a little bit later, we're going to be seeing how other NHLers are filling their, their time. Yeah, sure. And uh, the play is just how he rolled on, on this season. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I've kind of had uh, had an up and down year last year, but um, you know the way things ended, I wanted to build on that. And uh, yeah, I mean, any any contract and any chance you kind of have, um, you know, just just with any team here, it's like you got to kind of make make the jump for yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you play well enough, that opportunity is there for anybody. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm very yeah. excited to be back on on that and you know my my chances of playing the nhl is still what i'm trying to get get to and and this organization is uh has helped me a lot last year and hopefully it'll continue yeah so uh yeah it's very interesting player like that that is has lots and uh positive that he can and the the has been there to now, I, I think one of the things that uh, is clear is, and, and we talk about the Canadians' blue line makeup for, you know, next year and the years beyond, um, uh, Gustav Olsson, in his mind, um, he's, he, he's, not, uh, he's not content with uh, being a member of the Laval Rocket. He's happy, happy there, but, but still has his eyes set on the Canadians' lineup. Um, you know, he, he came with some experience, with some NHL experience from uh, the Minnesota Wild organization. Um, and he has 15, he has played 59 NHL games. So um, there is some of that experience. And if he's regaining his confidence, um, you know, he's, he's, um, he's got good size. Um, he's smart. Um, he's, he's got a bit of skill. He, he, uh, uh, is can be physical. Um, uh, he'll he's not going to be um, you know a, a dynamic defenseman, but he's going to make the smart play. And if that's the kind of guy that that you can have on the third pairing, uh, maybe maybe replace a Christian Folan. Um, uh, maybe you know uh, there 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 may be an opportunity for him uh, next season uh, on the Canadians' blue line. That I think is. Is the fact that we have talked season long, it's been well documented. We've had issues on the left side. So if Gustav Olaf find a level of consistency and uh, build on sort of positive that he is this season, then that's right. Um, we also had Brent Harris will be returning Northeastern. Uh, we do. I, I just um, uh, I, I just want to make a comment on on Yalonen um, before we before we move over there. I, I yep. think um, with Jesse Yalonen, um, uh, you know he he came over right at the end of the season um, with uh, the uh, Laval Rocket um, and and 
we were kind of hoping to see him. There was that uh, uh, road trip that was uh, on its way to Cleveland. We we're kind of hoping that we'd see him make his pro debut there. Uh, but he had some lingering minor issues um, uh, that that uh, prevented that from happening. But, um, you know, he's he's a guy that um, may take advantage of the fact that uh, Cole Caulfield staying in the in the NCAA was with Wisconsin. And, um, you know, depending on how quickly he moves to um, uh, that um uh makes that transition um he could um be helping the canadians in a call up um uh, manner um he signed a, a three year entry, entry level contract um again we i i mentioned um about Cole Caulfield returning to uh Wisconsin the NCAA it came out this week in a conversation between uh, Eric Ingalls and um, Northeastern's head coach, his name is Jim uh, Madigan, uh, that Jim Madigan said that he had received a commitment from Jordan Harris. Um, uh, We remember Jordan Harris um, for the Northeastern Huskies. They they went on to win their third straight beanpot. Um, and it was Jordan Harris that scored the uh, winning goal, the, the overtime uh, winning goal um, to win that, that bean pot. So one more year for Jordan Harris at the college level uh, before he, he turns pro. He's, he's, he's uh, been pretty solid in his two seasons there. At Northeastern, um, the Canadians also have Jaden Struble, and we 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 know Northeastern. We remember Northeastern because that's the same program that uh, graduated Caden Primo. Exactly. Um, the NCAA's NCAA signed week uh, out of St. and Boston. Uh, just breaking up there a bit, Joe. I didn't catch what yeah. you just said. Yeah. Um, uh, for Jordan Harris and to Northeastern, we did have free agents that have St. Louis. Yeah, there's, there's um, with the NCAA, um, you know, normally at the end of their season, we'd see players coming to um, uh, the NHL and uh, maybe even some opportunities for um, the Canadians to get on in on um some free agents and we saw um, uh, Drew O'Connor from Dartmouth. He was signed by uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, We saw Jack Ashawn, a a defenseman uh, for St. Cloud. He was signed by a a free agent. He was signed by the Bruins. Um, The Blues expected to sign, you know, their own products, Scott Perunovic. Um, So, uh, will we see the Canadians get in on the um, uh, that train uh, signing um, free agents? And um, just a, a little bit of a heads up, and that is that coming up on Tuesday uh, and from the press box, uh, the AHL Report uh, podcast that I do with uh, Amy Johnson, got a special guest. His name is Russ Cohen. Russ Cohen. Uh, sportsology on Twitter, uh, authored a new book, Sticks and Stones. He's a bit of a college expert, and we're going to be talking about um, free agent signings and other 
assorted things with Russ Cohen. So great interview. Um, you might want to mark that down to uh, listen in on Tuesday to From the Press Box. Yeah, certainly always from the press box. So we also, of course, the, and just continues to the, the impact of the virus in all professional sports, and there was a test in the NA um, coming out of college had broadcasters in St. Louis and so uh, that have all positive. Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, there's the third positive test in in the NHL. That was a, a Colorado Avalanche player um, who is anonymous now, uh, anonymous for now. Um, we also yeah. uh, we know that there were two uh, Ottawa Senators players now. Uh, one of those names has kind of been leaking out from the Russian press, uh, but for the most part. Um, Stay anonymous and and uh, but the the uh, Blues have identified their play-by-play uh, broadcaster, are very good, a very good play-by-play guy in John Kelly, um, and he follows in the footsteps of of his dad, who is a, a legendary NHL broadcaster. Um, uh, we we wish John Kelly very well. He's been in um, self quarantine. Um, for a week or two now and, and uh, says that he's feeling uh, pretty good, but um, yeah, uh, good luck to him and we wish him well in recovering at home. And uh, Rick, we do have, we have Amy John here with uh, hop in and and sort of. Well, hello everyone here at Canadians connection. Well, we're pleased to have you on the on the line, and <laughs> and uh, the connection from uh, from the the hamster wheel isn't running quick enough in in um, St. John's at this point. So I yeah, think Joe's St. John's having... has has their hands full today. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, we appreciate you jumping in and and uh, and helping out um, uh, with uh, with uh, our our broadcast and. Uh, uh, feel free to to uh, chime in and and uh, help carry us through this uh, through our very very busy um, uh, news agenda here. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, so uh, I I was muted there for a little bit. So um, you are currently speaking about. We are. Um, we just talked about the uh, we're, we're kind of uh, in our section talking about the impact of uh, the coronavirus uh, mm-hmm. uh, on hockey. And we just talked about the thir- third positive test, uh, a Colorado Avalanche player. And then um, uh, Joe had mentioned uh, the St. Louis uh, Blues broadcaster, John Kelly. Um, and we were just all set to talk about uh, how... Uh, the, the next, I know, I know Sims are, are simulations are, uh, you're really your thing. Um, you, you love the, the simulated games. So you no. came in a perfect, <laughs> perfect, perfect time. Well, Rick, you know, you and I spoke about this on this week's episode of from the press box as well at the AHL report and, and no, um, I'm, I understand everyone is looking for, uh, their sports fix that they're, that 
you know, it's not just that it's not hockey season. It's just sports season has been canceled. So I understand that, that withdrawal of not having sports. Uh, I'm all for jumping in and, and, and watching classic games or revisiting exciting playoff runs and things of that nature. The simulated games, not so much. Like, honestly, if I wanted to watch a sim of, a, of the Canadians playing, you know, the San Jose Sharks, I would ask my husband to queue up uh, NHL 20 and I would just watch him play, uh, <laughs> which is essentially, a, you know, what it boils down to. I will say, you know, and, and for me, as I said on, on our podcast as well, you know, I'm part of that is this, the style of video game player. I am, I am a, I'm an only child, so I'm a solo video game player. I don't like multiplayer. I don't like online. I don't like any, you know, that's just not for me. Um, so this, this watching kind of simulated video games, just really, it just doesn't appeal to me. I get that it's appealing to a lot of others in this, in this age of Twitch and live streaming games and esports on YouTube for, for the younger generation and so forth. The only thing I will say is that my ears perked up when I heard that Snoop Dogg was doing color commentary. <laughs> that might get me to listen for maybe a little few minutes of a period. Just so the, <laughs> yeah, the game I think that you're talking about, Snoop Dogg appeared as a as a guest color commentator on a on a simulated game between uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. And um, that that game was uh, I think that was Thursday night. Um, and what in addition to the the curiosity factor with with Snoop Dogg in there, uh, it was David Ayers who was back in net for the Carolina Hurricanes on Thursday in their e game in their simulated game. Um, and uh, David Ayers, of course, the Eva goalie, uh, the the. Zamboni driver turned emergency backup was was back in the net, um, and it was a simulated game run by uh, EA Sports in their NHL 20. Um, now this the the difference here is that that David Ayers was wearing the uh, red Hurricanes home jersey, still outfitted in his Maple Leafs mask and 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 pads and and glove and whatnot, uh, but. Uh, the the result was that the um, Hurricanes won, and David Ayers got another victory. Hurricanes won the game seven of five. Uh, this simulated game. Wow. Uh, now, now Ayers um, are, made a remarkable seventy three saves in the game. Really? Um, he did, and in a losing, even though he gave up seven, uh, Frederick Anderson uh, made a hundred and seventeen saves in that game. So. <laughs> You know, these guys are going to ask if they can transfer these stats to their actual, like, elite prospect stat page at this point. And the the only other thing that I'll mention is that um, that there was, at the end of the game, there was a victory storm surge, uh, which, really? uh, yeah, David Ayers got to um, <laughs> participate in. And Great. they did the, the Ty Domi, Darcy Tucker, ride the stick Oh, did they? Um, a storm surge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hmm. Isn't that special? Yeah. <laughs> <Just laughs> I, I don't know. It, 
as as I've said before, perhaps I've just become that get off my lawn uh, lady that I've reached that age that I just I don't get the appeal. I I fully appreciate that there are plenty of people out there that that seem to be loving it. Um, so have fun with it, I guess. I'll be busy <laughs> catching up on my Netflix shows, I think. <laughs> Just quickly shift uh, the CHL will be playoffs through leagues and two years will not be handed out this season. Uh, so you guys that. Um, we have it's it's we're going to be seeing uh, it more the CHL canceling um, the the remainder of the season for the OHL the um, WHL and QM JHL their playoffs are now canceled the Memorial Cup sadly canceled um, and um, I guess the only silver lining is that uh, as a member of the Guelph Storm um, Nick Suzuki. Uh, it remains uh, keeps his his championship uh, along with um, Isaac Radcliffe of the, the Flyers organization. And I, you know, going along with that, um, of course, there's that memorial. As with you know, the ECHL is facing the same thing, where the Kelly Cup will not be awarded this year. So of course, the Memorial Cup not not awarded this year, and. Um, so yeah, Isaac Ratcliffe quite pleased to to be able to say that they still can say that they're the champions, which means uh, for, for for Joseph and all of the residents in St. John's, Newfoundland will also remain uh, the Growlers will remain the Kelly Cup champions uh, for this year as well. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a nice victory for the uh, the people of St. John's and Newfoundland at large. Um, so. In addition to that, we also had the IOC announce that the 2020 Summer Games will be postponed. And uh, this came after uh, the Canadian Olympic Committee made the uh, the brave stance of saying that we weren't going to be sending our athletes should have should the games have gone on as scheduled. Um, so just, uh, just another example of, of the sort of time that we are in where everything, even something like the Olympics that is every four years on the calendar uh, getting postponed, it, it is a quite uh, is quite shocking it is um and i, I like uh, kudos to to the canadian olympic team uh they took a stand that would have been difficult uh, we saw a few of the athletes kind of speaking out um against that but it was the right decision and it it you know we had we had uh, just before the the Canadian team Canada took their stand the IOC had said that they were going to want another 4 weeks uh to make up their mind and i think um with the with team Canada saying we're not coming uh then the americans said uh listen you better consider this and i think the australians said the same uh, then finally, the IOC uh, stepped on board, and and um, I, other and um, uh, IOC senior vice president Dick Pound from Canada also said, you know, we we can't do this. And uh, finally, uh, they came to their the IOC came to their senses. And yeah. you know, it's 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 kind of one of those things. You know, we we. At the beginning of the month, we were seeing Gary Bettman drag his feet, drag his feet until his hand was was basically forced by the NBA 
uh, putting that pause button on their season. And it felt like the IOC was doing the same thing here. It was obvious a month ago, if not earlier than a month ago, um, towards the beginning of February, it was obvious that it was very unlikely that it would be a safe or, or logical decision to continue with the, the Summer Olympics this year. Um, and again, I understand there's plenty of logistics involved. There's a lot of money involved. Um, there's the impact of postponing the games is not a, an easy decision to make, but glad to see that despite the fact that they were dragging their feet and, and thought they were going to give themselves another month to make this decision. I think they finally got enough uh, backlash for it that they just had to kind of pull the trigger on that decision and, and they made the right one. And yeah, so, I mean, we've seen the continued sort of from this entire situation. And when we talked about of play potentially and in other sport leagues, uh, it, it's much. So we're looking idea be playing if everything uh, I don't know what's going to happen but the resumption of play the only thing that seems feasible at this point is that we will be playing hockey in the summer potentially to the month of August so what do you guys think about that as being a possibility well one of the um, one of the kind of silver linings of the the Olympics being canceled um, or, or postponed, sorry, postponed a year, uh, up to a year, uh, is that that frees up kind of the, the sports viewing um, that would have other been, otherwise been occupied in uh, kind of mid-July through August. Uh, that might give an opportunity for the, for the NHL. Um, especially with NBC uh, and their commitment to the Olympics. Now, all of a sudden, they're freed up, and they would be handling the, the NHL coverage if there are games um, in, um, in August. So uh, the, in a strange way, the, the, cancer, or the postponement of the Olympics may um, um, uh, be a, a bit of a blessing for the NHL. Now, that's, that's still uh, assuming that, that this can run at all. Uh, but the, the NHL has asked each uh, franchise for their building availability in August uh, so that they would play out the, um, the rest of the regular season uh, and, um, you know, playoffs into August. Now, um, that's a really quick turnaround for some teams, a really quick turnaround if they plan to put uh, to, as they've said, we, we want to commit to a full NHL season. That's their priority next year. Um, so I, I think at this t- at this point, it's still a bit of a pipe dream. Um, and, uh, but, but we'll see if, if they can do that just, just kind of, um, to, to, to look at the other side of this. Um, and, and that's um, um, the, uh, one of ESPN's analysts, uh, football analyst, um, uh, Kirk Herbstreit, um, he was talking about uh, both the NFL season and the uh, college football season, and he predicts uh, that just because of, of the virus hanging around and not wanting to have, have people in the stadium, he predicts pretty bold prediction that there will be no football um, in their upcoming seasons, no NFL football, no college football. So uh, we've got the, the, 
the NHL looking at the optimistic side. We have the, um, you know, the CSPN analyze, analysts looking at the pessimistic side. Uh, and we'll, we, we really don't know what's going to happen. We'll just have to wait and see. I, if I could chime in there, I would say I am of the, the mindset. That, and there's been a couple of players now that they're doing these these. Zoom meetings and Skype call-ins and so forth. There's been a couple players who have come out and said that they really don't want to, if, if they're going to play anything this year, they don't want to come back and try to finish the regular season, just figure out a way to get into the playoffs and, and finish it. Um, for me, I, kind of, I, I, you know, Rick, I know you spoke uh, earlier in the show about the fact that these guys aren't able to train right now. They're certainly nowhere in game condition, much less, even off ice condition at this point, they're doing the best they can, but they can't work out uh, the way they properly should. If I, for me, do everything that you can to preserve 100% the integrity of the, of the 2020, 2021 season, start it on time. And, you know, I, I, again, Gary Bettman will probably wait as long as he can, but I say at this point, don't try to award the Stanley cup this year. Whenever, if it's August that you're talking about potentially getting back into to rinks to continue the season, let players and teams use that time instead to get in game shape, um, physically training and so forth to prepare properly for training camps that would then start in September um, and, and, you know, maybe then you have to delay preseason a week or two, but, but do everything you can to just get the next season started in as much of a quote unquote normal fashion as you can. Because uh, that's, that's it's, there's going to be a lot of objects here that, that are at play here. are going to be considered and we'll find out a little bit. It's hard to imagine the Stanley cup will be awarded by increase. It's less and less likely. So, um, during this time, and he, Brendan Gallagher, TikTok, and that's, but, but chat between Western Conference, what they are doing for time. Um, and there's a stream involved than I thought there would be. Um, You mentioned Brandon Gallagher, and we saw Thomas Tatar putting out uh, the the toilet paper video. And um, (laughs) there's been there's been a lot of of uh, entertaining kind of things. But um, as well, it appears that uh, NHL players are actually being pretty productive with with the time off. And there was a a great story on NHL.com about. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff and um, uh, his his wife Paige had um, uh, run out of eggs, and so she borrowed eggs from a neighbor. And they said, uh, "Yeah, we've got eggs because we've got chickens." So his wife Paige said, "Oh, well, I want chickens too." <laughs> um, so his Getzlaff's wife ordered up chickens and got a bunch yeah. of chickens. Uh, for their backyard, um, uh, got six chickens. And so uh, she said, uh, honey, uh, Ryan, um, I need a chicken coop. Um, so uh, <laughs> there was Ryan Getzlaff uh, building a chicken coop uh, and showing off his, uh, his, 
his handyman skills. And then he was, he told this story in a, um, in a, a, a zoom chat with, uh, um, Anze Kopitar and Logan Couture and Mark Andre Fleury, uh, which, which, uh, I thought was, uh, was kind of fun to watch. And Mark Andre Fleury for his part, uh, we saw that his wife on her Instagram posted, um, a picture of uh, Mark Andre Fleury with a drill in his hand and he was putting in a baby gate and she said, um, Hmm, it's only been 35 years in a pandemic. Uh, that's all it took for uh, my husband to pick up a tool. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was, was pretty amusing as well. I, I think these guys are all going to be exceptionally ready to get back to hockey. Like I, I think we're going to, you know, building chicken coops and installing baby gates and all of those, oh, I don't know, mundane things that all of us regular people get to do. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure all of these pro guys are thinking, okay, adulting is hard. I, can I go back to playing hockey full time now, please? But it's, it's great to see. um, It's great to see that they have families with family things that come up just like all the rest of us. That's right. Absolutely. Another really cool thing to see, uh, the hockey equipment, Tony Bauer has the focus to advisors and first. Oh, that's, that's a really, other, um, you know, providers for, you know, another one that, that is made, they're starting to produce, which is really, really great. Well, it's it's a great way for companies to um, give back and and um, and and uh, put their uh, considerable expertise, their workforce, their their buildings, their factories uh, to work. Bauer, um, I, I thought was uh, it was brilliant. They're used to making uh, protective equipment for hockey players, and now they're going to be making protective equipment for. Uh, medical staff and first responders. I'm, I'm a little pleased to see this uh, because uh, as I've, I've probably mentioned uh, on the broadcast, my brother's a paramedic, my sister-in-law is a nurse. Uh, so all of the support um, that we can give to our, our first responders and medical staff, uh, I'm, I'm all for that. Bauer is going to be making visors um, and uh, both in Quebec in their Blainville plant and also in Liverpool, New York. Um, and they're, they're hoping to put out, uh, if they can ramp up production, to um, um, 500,000 units a day. And these are those, those full-face, uh, single-use kind of visors that uh, uh, the medical practitioners put on when they're dealing with, with uh, people who are afflicted with the coronavirus. So... Um, very pleased to see that. I think that, um, Amy, we're going to be talking about uh, a company that you're very familiar with. Uh, we'll be mm-hmm. talking about that on Tuesday uh, from the press box. All of us are familiar with, uh, if you've ordered any kind of NHL gear, are familiar with Fanatics, and, and you're going to be talking about that. Again, another preview for from the press box on Tuesday. We'll be talking about that uh, on our show on Tuesday. That's right. Um, I actually do have uh, a lot of familiarity with with um, that uh, company um, and some some fun anecdotal stuff to tell you about that as well. Uh, in addition to what they're doing to to help uh, and and 
switch gears literally uh, in the middle of a crisis and a pandemic to help out. So yes, be sure to, to listen in on, uh, on Tuesday for that. And I mean, there's other, um, we see the United center, the, the home of the Chicago Blackhawks. It's uh, one of the bigger facilities along with the bell center in, in the NHL. Uh, It's being turned into um, a logistics hub uh, for the distribution of food, uh, distribution of medical supplies. They're, they're taking over that facility um, to use as, as a bit of a distribution warehouse. Uh, we, we're seeing all over the world. I mean, uh, there's unpleasant ways too. There's an ice palace in, in Madrid that's being used as a temporary morgue, and um, it's unfortunate, but it's ways that all of these, these uh, um, unique ways, uh, innovative ways uh, for the hockey community to help out and, and give back. It's really yeah. great to and see I mean, everyone coming it. together. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break here in the podcast. When we come back, the collation of the 2020 and much, much more. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rockets more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Welcome back to the Canadian's here on Rocket Sports Radio, uh, joined by Amy Johnson. Uh, so we had this announcement that the NHL pwned. I don't think that surprised, given that any situation in which the NHL will resume, talking about playing in the NHL draft was all the post. Um, but of, with Montreal, there was a lot of 
around it. Uh, it it's a diff- difficult thing. And of course, if you had the draft combine for June uh, for uh, the awards, which were scheduled for June 18th, it, all events have been postponed, and uh, they uh, they are saying the location of those events uh, will be announced when details finalized. So, just thoughts on that? Well, it's it's not a surprise that the the NHL draft um, has been postponed. Um, I think uh, the the um, press release from the NHL said that uh, once they had worked out details, uh, that the location and format of the NHL uh, of the the draft would be announced. And I think, um, I mean, there's there's still some holding out hope that there might be an in-person draft or even have um, you know the 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 top ten picks there and walk across the stage. I. Honestly, um, uh, the the prudent way of doing this is just doing an online draft uh, this year, and um, and because it's in Montreal, and I know um, folks are are really upset that Lafreniere is not going to be able to be chosen uh, as first overall in Montreal. Uh, but I mean, given what's going on, uh, it that's it's just silly to to. Uh, uh, hold on to that. And um, so it, it will likely be an online draft. Um, and uh, it's, it's tough for us because, um, you know, we, we've held our, our contest every uh, year for the past several years. Um, we, we get together as a team in the draft city. We, we also uh, have invited and we we uh, have contest winners, so we we tend to have a group of of forty or fifty at the draft. Uh, the NHL has been wonderful in giving us um, a special uh, lower bowl reserve seats, uh, and it's been a really unique experience of all all of us uh, attending the draft. and And you've heard from our our uh, attendees and our staff that how a magical uh, an experience it is. Um, but that, that just won't happen this year. And, and, uh, uh, the NHL and the Canadians have said that, uh, the Canadians have been promised, uh, that in the next two drafts, whether it's, uh, 2021 or 2022, and a lot of that will depend on logistics and what else is going on in the city and the availability of hotel rooms and so on, so on, uh, that within the next two years, the Canadians, um, will have a draft. Uh, in Montreal, but uh, that won't happen this year. And I would, I would, I agree with you uh, that that I believe that they will be looking at doing um, an online, uh, you know, maybe perhaps live streamed, perhaps not uh, draft this year. Um, even though uh, apparently the NFL is is doubling down and saying, no, they're still going to have their draft uh, in Vegas. I'd really love to see how they think they're going to do that. But the NHL draft for sure, uh, I believe will be um, online. And I would bet that they'll prob if I were speaking of Vegas, if I were a betting woman, um, it's very possible unless there was a deal already in place. uh, It's very possible that they just, push Montreal to 2021 to host it. Um, you could see that happen so that Montreal still gets their draft uh, the next time it's held live, but 
we'll just have to wait to see. Yeah, for sure. And that's like so many other other things going on right now. We just have to wait and see uh, what happens. But uh, Rick, moving on, and uh, guys, moving on to a, a different uh, shifting gears entirely. Really, uh, some layoffs with Group CH affect sixty percent of the organization's employees. It's going to take effect on March thirtieth. Um, and they said in the press, this decision was necessary given the significant impact the pandemic has had on the sports and entertainment industries. And uh, they also established a $6 million tr- uh, assist fund uh, to help enhance employment insurance benefits for a period of eight weeks, ensuring employees receive 80% of their base salary uh, during this period. So obviously um, difficult to talk about, but it, it is in the news. I don't like this. It's, this leaves a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Um this is this is not for one of the richest organizations in the NHL and in sports. Um, you know the the Canadians are always in the top three in the Forbes list of uh, NHL teams. The 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 uh, value the worth of the team and and valued at one point three five billion, I think, in the in the the last um, Forbes report I saw. Um, and, uh, let's, let's look at, to, to start and, and, and listen, I understand that, that the, um, the group CH has got themselves into, a uh, entertainment business as well through Avenco. I understand they're a landlord in terms of all their condo space. I understand they have their, their fingers in a lot of different pies, but let me just talk about the, the hockey business the hockey operation uh, and it's the franchise that's valued at $1.35 billion. Um, and, and, and th- let's just look at the calendar uh, if you don't mind. Uh, today is the uh, 28th of, of March. Um, happy birthday to my mom, by the way, uh, mom, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, yeah. Happy birthday. Um, I think I think we were on the air for my dad's birthday too, which is kind of wow. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, how how that worked out. Um, and she'd kill me if I t- said how old she was. So I don't just happy, <laughs> happy birthday, mom. Just happy birthday. Um, but she would agree with me in in this, I'm sure. Um, so today would would have been the last home game for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, last home game of the season for uh, the Bell Center. Uh, the Canadians were scheduled to uh, face the new um, New York Islanders tonight. Um, and, and uh, you know, I know all of the rejiggered kind of playoff uh, formulas out there might have the Canadians in the playoffs, but the, the Canadians were not making the playoffs. They had a zero chance of making the playoffs. So let's just look at... Um, the lost revenue. Uh, there was the what would have been the game today against the Islanders, uh, a game last Thursday against the pa- Panthers, uh, a game on Tuesday versus the Sabres, and um, that very first game when this all started, when the season was postponed on, on Thursday, March 12th, the, the Canadians were supposed to face the Sabres again at home. So that's four home games. Um, so we have... Uh, I think the estimates are from a, a million to 
two and a half million. Let's say let's say the Canadians um, would have been bringing in a revenue of of two million dollars uh, per game. Because remember, they're not going to get any playoff revenue. That was that that should have been in their projections. That should have been in their updated budget projections. That was clear as of January. Uh, and remember, they still have a big ten million dollars sitting <laughs> in unused cap room. Remember that. Um, so they lost at maximum eight million dollars. Have yeah. will they will they lose entertainment money through Eventco? Yes, but I don't sure. care about that. That's their business. That's they can they can lay off uh, entertainment personnel, um, but as far as the hockey operations, folks, they're down. Let's say eight million dollars. Um, and what they're doing is they're saying um, we're 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 uh, taking all of our our uh, eighty. Uh, we're, we're taking sixty percent of the employees. And um, furloughing them. Now they wouldn't do that in the off season, in any normal off season. Um, so why are they doing it here? And mm-hmm. and the the difficulty for me is they say that yeah, but we're going to pay um, uh, our employees eighty percent of their wages. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. That's a bald faced lie, Montreal Canadiens, and Paul Wilson, who I'll get to in a second. <laughs> um. Fifty-five percent, fifty-six percent is EI uh, for for Amy. <laughs> it's unemployment insurance that we have in Canada. Um, oh, okay. uh, employment insurance, <laughs> um, unemployment compensation here. Yeah. So that that the Canadians are offloading fifty-five percent of 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 uh, their salary expenses onto the taxpayer um, when when the taxpayer can hardly afford things right now the canadians one of the richest uh, organizations in sport are offloading just because they can just because they can and 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 it's not seen negative they're offloading all of this uh salary expense uh and that doesn't sit very well with me now we had um paul wilson this morning um replying to a couple of people who uh, we're oh, putting up a bit of a, a fuss. Yeah, Paul Wilson, what is wrong with this fella? He's supposed to be a communications <laughs> expert. Um, he said, um, listen, no more re- revenues from hockey or entertainment. His spelling leaves a lot to be desired, too. Um, <laughs> the Canadians have no more revenues from hockey or entertainment. Zero. I think he's missing the, I think the condo stuff still. But anyway. And God knows for how long, but still all employees makes 80% of salary. Uh, again, that's disingenuous. Um, he also, and he talking about Molson, also created $6 million fund for employees. That fund, that $6 million, um, is, is simply the, the difference between the 55% and the 80%, the top-up, the EI top-up. He says all companies are not that that generous ask around um now now this is a he there was a tweet that he deleted and this one replaced it in the in the tweet that um was deleted he he singled out companies he singled out quebec or uh he singled out cirque du soleil now cirque du soleil remember 
the Canadians and Cirque were at loggerheads um, in the lovely metropolis of Trois-Rivières over mm-hmm. the tenancy. Um, the Canadians with their ECHL, uh, Cirque du Soleil um, backing the bid uh, from the uh, university team, the Patriots. Um, so what are you doing? What, why, are you, why are you antagonizing? I, I, it, it just completely inappropriate for a communications guy. Um, Paul Wilson has, has lost his mind. And um, they, he then went on to retweet um, uh, some fan um, who said, uh, and, and, and the Stephen LaRiviere, Stephen LaRiviere has uh, eight followers on Twitter. Oh, eight. But somehow uh, Paul Wilson thinks what he says is important enough to retweet from from the powerful Montreal Canadiens communication account. Uh, Stephen LaRiviere says it's very important that the club survives the pandemic. Really? The Canadians are going to go under? Really? Um, (laughs) I am 100 percent alongside Mr. Molson and his team. Uh, there are plenty of ways for employees to seek income while waiting for everything to happen. Really? Uh, it's a good job market to be job hunting right now when you've been laid off. Uh, let's always stop hitting Molson's head. They give a lot to the community, you know. Uh, a really dumb tweet from a guy who, you know, his eight followers, I guess, will appreciate it. And yeah. Paul Wilson appreciated and retweeted it. Paul Wilson <laughs> is, is out of control here. Well, and following, uh, obviously, when he's obviously taking cues from his boss when Jeff Molson feels the need to, it, when he's not, um, you know, trying to entertain the masses with his, hey, get to know me poll, uh, he's busy following every mon- mainstream media Twitter account in, in Montreal to be sure to publicly shame them and and criticize them when they say something that, uh, you know, doesn't step into party line and, and just blindly support everything the Montreal Canadiens does. So when you have that as, as your, um, as your leadership core, then uh, yeah, I guess it makes sense that Paul Wilson feels that he has the, uh, the, the leverage to, to do the same thing, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have uh, Carrie Price and his wife, Angela, along with, Jonathan Taves and Drew Brees making some really nice donations to help people out during this difficult time. Harry and Angela donating uh, $50,000 to the Breakfast Club of Canada Emergency Fund. So, um, I mean, professional athletes are stepping up. Jonathan Taves donated $100,000. Um, Drew Brees as, as well. Incredibly, incredibly generous donation. But um, just at this point in time, using the fact that they are public figures, they have this at their disposal. They are able to help people out. And, and Carrie Price and, and Angela have both uh, been very, very generous contributors to the Breakfast Club of Canada over the years. Um, that's right. This is the foundation that they are ambassadors for, Breakfast Club of Canada, both Carrie and Angela involved. Um $50,000 donation um, to an emergency fund uh, to help uh, feed children during uh, the, the pandemic. Um, to date, the Bref- Breakfast Club uh, has raised uh, over $800,000. Um, and we've heard Carrie speak about this before. Um, 
I'm just going to read a quote from Angela. Uh, quote, we are lucky to have everything we do when so many people lack the access to healthy food. We feel compelled to do our part so that the most vulnerable children and communities in the country, including indigenous communities, aren't victims of food insecurity during this crisis. Um, it's it's uh, a foundation that 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 um, sends food or provides food for 250,000 uh, students. And um, this is, um, this is very generous. Um, and uh, you mentioned Jonathan Taves, he gave to a similar community uh, organization in Chicago, uh, gave a hundred thousand dollars to that. Now, um, a lot of people are making a big deal of, of Drew Brees's and and absolutely, uh, but let's let's keep in mind that that uh, NFL players make a whole whole lot more money in terms of contracts <laughs> and endorsements than than NHLers do. Uh, Drew Brees, um, I think he's made about two hundred fifty million dollars in his career. He just signed a two year contract for an, to add another fifty million to that. Um, he's pledged $5 million in his donation and, and a great donation uh, from Drew Brees. But sports uh, athletes doing their part um, to give back and to help during the um, coronavirus crisis. That's the stuff that, you know, you really do like to see. And finding it's, you know, not just writing a check to, you know, the most necessarily the most popular organization. I like how in, in uh, Carrie and Angela Price's case, they made sure to um, support a a cause that's near and dear to their hearts. Um, And so with what's nice is that with, with the resources that professional athletes have available to them, a lot of them have charitable foundations already established and it's nice to see that at times like this, they're kind of going above and beyond and, and even contributing more to those causes. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I really like, um, I, I like the premise behind Breakfast Canada to begin with. I think it's a, I think it's a great initiative um, and, and a very important one uh, for kids. And uh, it's just really great to see so many um, high profile folks like the prices who are really stepping up and doing everything they can as well. Absolutely. Especially times that we're living in right now, we have some good news. So uh, we're going to take a connection podcast and if you stick around and we'll. The Canadians connection is proud to be a partner of rocket sports media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. 
If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Back here on the Canadians cast. Uh, Rick, I believe you have a friend Dino. We do have um, a message from, from Dino, and it's, um, I was going to say hot off the presses. Uh, Dino's hot. He's mad. Um, and he says that he, <laughs> he waited actually. He was even madder last night, but he waited till this morning till he had cooled down. Um, Salute. Actually, half of this is in English and half in French, so I'm going to have to be translating a bit on the fly, the, the French portions. Uh, says hello <laughs> to um, um, to Rick and all of the um, members of the Canadians family, uh, wishing safety and health first. Uh, now to Hockey Talk. i got to say something, my friends. I was going to shoot you a line late last night after my shift, but I was so deranged, disturbed with what I saw I thought it was better to wait till the morning and let the steam go away. So I was at work, had some quiet time, uh, went online, um, and he was checking out the teams from the past. Uh, he went to the glory years, the 70s, the dynasty years, uh, the, the 70s teams of Scotty Bowman from 75 to 79, our years of total dominance and supremacy. I was looking at some of the team photos. Wow, what great memories, what great souvenirs. Um, our teams from 76, 77, a record of 68 and 12 in the regular season. Seeing some of the faces on the bench, Mario Tremblay, Ray Janoul, Doug Riseborough, Pierre Bouchard, Bill Nyrup, uh, uh, Robinson, LaPointe, uh, Steve Shutt, Lemaire, Murray Wilson, Pete Mohovlich, Doug Jarvis, Bob Ganey. Incredible. Um, I was so happy and filled with joy. But then he ran into a pole, <laughs> and I don't know where this pole was at. Um, he doesn't say, <laughs> but he said that that team, the 76-77 Canadians, were voted the third best team all time in NHL history. Wow. What? What is this? It froze my heart. I was in shock. I was in apprehension, anger, emotional distress. Can this be true? Is it legitimate? When I arrived home from work, I needed a Molson Canadian to bring me down. <laughs> <laughs> Third all-time, sacrilege. The hockey gods would state otherwise. 
Never in our history will this be honest, legitimate, and true. The team from 1976-77 was not only the best ever, they were the best ever in every way, not just statistically. They won cup after cup. They did not defeat their rivals. No, they destroyed and dismantled them. This is He's getting fired up wow. here. Wow. <laughs> Complete dominance in every aspect of the game, as our great Danny Gallivan would say. Offense, defense, goaltending, teamwork, grit, hockey coherence, and coaching. I'm still hot under my sweater. Talk about incoherence. Talk about an insult to our intelligence. I'm still mad. But I just wanted you to, to send you these thoughts. Um, I cannot believe this injustice paid to our team. I wish you safety and health during these troubled times. Remember always our great Montreal Canadiens. We are bigger than the NHL. Yours always, Le Petit Bill Dino. What? Oh, well, now well. that's an email. <laughs> it seems that quarantine has really um, amped up his his <laughs> veracity in in these emails. It's great. Thank you, Dino. Thank you for always staying in touch. It was one of of several I got from uh, Dino this week, uh, and other texts to our Rocket Sports text line. But uh, this one was. My favorite of, of any I read, uh, just simply the passion uh, the, the, during the, the virus, uh, the coronavirus, the passion of some fans has not been dampened at all. It's, it's good to hear. It's good to hear that some fans have keep themselves occupied and pass. You find a little bit of solace in that. But uh, Amy, want to thank both of you guys for carrying the hamster wheel connect on, <laughs> on my end the show. <laughs> so obviously the box sounds like it's episode so you guys want to before we uh, say goodbye uh, I'll just say what I've said before um, um, you, you know be champions of, of social uh, distancing no not no not social distancing physical distancing Stay away from people. Stay home. Um, be champions of of personal and and home hygiene. Um, my health depends on you. Your health depends on me. Stay at home. We can we it, it listen. It's it's not about you going out and and getting you know the little oh I need a slice of pizza I need no it's about everybody else. You can protect. You can save lives. Stay home. And uh, that's 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 the way we're going to get through this. Absolutely. And uh, while you're home, we'll keep bringing you all this great content to listen to and read. And uh, as we've said, from the press box, we'll be uh, airing on the AHL report on Tuesday. We've got a great show coming up for you. Special guest interviews, some really interesting stories. You won't want to miss it. We cover a lot more than just the AHL. So uh, be sure to tune in. And of course, um, Big thanks to all of my colleagues here at Rocket Sports Media who keep cranking out all the great content at allhabs.net and ahlreport.com. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to say goodbye to the Canadians Connection podcast. We'll be back next week. PM 2.30 Newfoundland time. To the Canadians Connection Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, 
Follow us on Twitter at Habs Connections and visit allhabs.net.